Hey, welcome back to another episode of Foot Traffic. Today we are talking about building your brand. Um, we're going to dive in deep here. We've got special guest Rory Vaden. I met Rory a few years ago. Um, he is phenomenal. Not only is he a New York Times bestselling author, a world-renowned speaker, um, he has so much to give. You guys, I picked his brain for as long as I absolutely could until I knew he had to go. It was one of those interviews where we could have kept talking uh, for hours. Truly so, so good. Now, Rory got me thinking. He gave a few exercises on today's call. And literally, as I'm interviewing him, I'm, I'm like in my brain thinking, what is my answer? What is my one word? What is my um, problem and solution and all this good stuff? So I want you to listen in and really take some notes with this one. You may even want to listen back again after you let it sink in the first time. I know I definitely will. Now, um, Rory works with some of the biggest names in the industry, and he talks about breaking through this wall, um, really mastering before you diversify. And if you've been following me for a while, you know I feel the same way. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Rory Vaden. You're going to love this interview. Growing your business doesn't have to be difficult. It's all about mastering a few key techniques, systems, and mindset. Welcome to Foot Traffic. With over a million downloads, it's the go-to marketing podcast dedicated to helping you grow your small business. I'm your host, Stacey Tushel. I've been an entrepreneur for over 15 years, and I own multiple seven-figure businesses. Together, you and I are going to get you more customers in the door, more profit in your pocket, and more happiness in your home. Let's transform your business starting right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Foot Traffic. I am so excited to have Rory Vaden here today. I got to first uh, see Rory uh, through Lewis Howes. I used to be in a mastermind with Lewis, and Rory was you know, there and just kind of blew me away. And since then, I've got to kind of reconnect in a few ways. And Rory, I just am so excited to be able to kind of like pick your brain a little bit and get to share your brilliance with everybody because you really like I love your books. I love the concepts that you're sharing. It makes so much sense and it's so simplified, but yet sometimes those are the, the ones that we need the best reminders for. So Rory, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, Stacey. Thank you. Yeah. So give us a little bit of your background. Um, tell, tell us your entrepreneurial journey. I definitely want to hear more about your books as well. Just anything you can share. Yeah. Well, so I was raised by a single mom who sold Mary Kay cosmetics. Um, so I grew up around women who were always teaching me like, you know, the principles of entrepreneurship and success and all that stuff. And it means I know more about makeup than I do about cars. <laughs> um, this is true. And I, when I was in college and grad school, I was involved with direct sales and I built a large direct sales organization. I left that pursued my dream of becoming a, a speaker. I really, I got into this space because I wanted to originally be a speaker. Um, I was in a contest called the World Championship of Public Speaking. Mm -hmm. I did not win. I came in second in the world when I was 23. That introduced me, uh, through that I met a man named Zig Ziglar who personally mentored me for the next several years. Um, my wife and I actually started our first company at that time. So right when I was about 23, um, it was, uh, my wife and I, well, it was, I, my, she's my wife now, but we started as business partners. We didn't oh. know each other. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So we had a mutual friend and we started a company together. Um, 
And then about a year into the company, we started dating. And then uh, the three years later, we got married. And then we grew that company for 12 years um, to a a couple hundred people. It was an eight-figure business. We sold that business in 2018. And... Um, and that was when, you know, over the course of that time was when we had, you know, learned about doing book launches and speaking mm-hmm. and all that. But um, our business was actually back then was teaching sales people how to sell. And yeah. when we exited that business, we wanted to do something different. And so we thought, hey, we should teach people how to build, you know, their speaking business, become authors, how to bestsellers, uh, you know, lists work. And our very first client happened to be someone who's pretty well known, Lewis Howes. Um, he actually was the one who called us the week after we exited our last company. And he said he needed some help. We had been friends for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so he was our very first client. And then he was the one that said, this is your new company. You need to teach people mm-hmm. how to do this. And then he flew me out to the mastermind, which is where I met you. Yeah. And we've been off and running um, ever since. Yeah. So what I think is funny about that story is it's oftentimes not you that comes up with the idea of, oh, this is what I should do. It's somebody else saying, Rory, like, what are you doing? This is what you should be doing, right? Before we can really yeah. recognize and see it. It's interesting how that works. That was exactly it. Um, and so my wife is the CEO of Brand Builders Group. I function as the CMO. We, have no, we don't have any other partners this time. It's just okay. the two of us. Um, but yeah, Lewis literally called and we hadn't talked in probably a year. So let me ask you, why did Lewis think to call you to do this? Like, what was, what, like, why did you come up for him? Yeah, so you can actually... He, he, he interviewed me on his podcast. Okay. Short, this is like, uh, I've been on a couple times in the last couple of years because he, he shares the story. But basically, his brand was growing so aggressively. Um, and we kind of have two clients. We have clients that are like more intermediate, beginner, beginner to intermediate on their journey. They don't know what to do. And so they're mm-hmm. like trying to build and monetize their personal brand. And then we have a, a, a growing, I guess I would call it quasi-celebrity you know, mm-hmm. list. We've got Mike Johnson from The Bachelor. And I know, you know, Julie Solomon. Yeah. Um, Rose McGowan was a Time Magazine Woman of the Year. And Cezanne Hendricks is someone with millions of followers. And Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. So those type of clients, which I would put Lewis in, yeah. they're kind of making a second lap where they've got so much going on. And, and, and because here's the, here's the problem. The reason why most personal brands don't succeed is because of distraction. Mm. When you have diluted focus, you get diluted results. It's that simple. And people are distracted and diluted when they first start, but then it's a, it's, it's a, there's a requirement for discipline that never goes away because the more successful you get, the more opportunities you have, the more verticals you could serve, the more you're like, I could do t-shirts and I could do a soft drink and I could have my own bars and I could, I could, yeah, you know, I could have like my whole clothing line and I could do, you know, a, a, a Nutrigrain bar. Like, yeah. And, and, and so while it sounds cool to be like, yeah, I'm going to build an empire. The reality is as you get diluted with your, with your resources, mm-hmm. with your attention, with your money, with your technology, with your team, you start to bounce off the wall. And that is why people fail. They're talking about too many things to too many different audiences. And so they are bouncing off of what we call Sheehan's wall. Sheehan's wall is this um, invisible divider 
between those who are unknown in any industry or any vertical and those who are known. And breaking through the wall is a matter of extreme focus, relentless focus on, on finding, um, you know, this is the best piece of branding advice I'd ever received. I've shared this yes. with you before. Um, and this and is here's not the thing, a, I need to hear it over and over <laughs> and over again. So I'm glad you're going to say it. Yeah, well, we all do, uh, ourselves included, but um, this is not a brand builder. This is not a Rory quote or an AJ quote mm -hmm. or a brand builder's quote. This is actually from a guy named Larry Wingett. And he was one of my early uh, you know, mentors early on. Um, and by mentor, I mean, I bought his video course and went through his coaching program. He probably <laughs> has no idea who I am, but he said this thing that was so brilliant. He said, you have to find your uniqueness so that you can exploit it in the service of others. Find your uniqueness so that you can exploit it in the service of others. And the first time I heard him say that, that was like a huge light bulb for me. I was like, oh my gosh, that is it. Like that is the difference. Mm -hmm. But Larry wasn't really in the business of teaching people how to find their uniqueness. And so what we developed at Brand Builders was a, a, a process we called the Brand DNA Helix. Mm. Um, it's a, basically a set of six questions and we can talk about as many of them as you want or we have time for today that we ask anybody whether they're just starting out and they have they they don't even have, they might not even be on social media or they're lewis house and they have mm -hmm. you know when lewis started working with us he had about 30 million downloads now he's got over 200 million so he's grown exponentially mm -hmm. even in the last two years but um to, to help somebody find their uniqueness to help them figure out what about them is uncopyable? What about them is something that nobody else can do that, that makes you the best person in the world to talk about this thing? Because if we can find that and we can find that, um, then you naturally break through the wall and, and you become known for that one thing and you have a, a piercing clarity mm -hmm. in the market that very few people have. And instead of becoming a part of the noise, you become the go-to person on, on one solution to one problem. Yeah, so good. And you're so right. It's, it's, it's actually unusual, I think, to find something that you can teach somebody who's brand new or who's been in business forever. Because when you said like it requires this level of discipline that never goes away, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is something that you definitely start to do in the beginning because you're like, I want to be, I'm the yes girl. I'm going to say everything, yes to everybody. Anybody that wants anything, we do that. Oh yeah, we, oh, totally. We do that. Sure, we invented yeah. it this morning, um, <laughs> yeah. but we definitely do that, right? And then at the end, you start to see, you have such a big following that when people put the idea in your head of, you guys should sell this. Have you ever thought about opening a location here? You know, one person says it and you're like, yeah. I should, you're right. <laughs> um, so it's so interesting and it's so such a good reminder, no matter who's listening right now. To ask yourself, are you giving that level of discipline that your business really needs? Yeah. And that it's, it's so my first book was called Take the Stairs. That was mm -hmm. sort of how I broke through the wall. And the problem that book solved was procrastination and the solution was discipline. Um, and this is, this is a, a framework that we teach people um, is how to identify in one word what problem do you solve? And in one word, what your solution is. And so for my first work, it was about procrastination and discipline and take the stairs was a metaphor for doing the things that you know you should be doing that you don't mm -hmm. feel like doing. It also happens to be the thing that almost no one else is doing. And take the stairs is a truth about 
we have just over time become more and more convicted that that level of discipline is what separates the greats. We want to think it's a viral video. We want to think it's an overnight success. Like we want to think we got, you know, it was getting discovered. Um, but the truth is it is relentless discipline, relentless focus, relentless commitment day. And it is taking the stairs, being a person who's willing to do the things that other people aren't willing to do. Um, and that includes, it includes focus and, and overcoming distraction. And yeah, so it just, you, you always have to, to maintain that, that mm. discipline. Yeah. So good. And definitely a must read for sure. Re definitely check out, take the stairs guys. Thank okay. You. So I want to, you, you kind of teased a little bit. We can go into some of those questions. So sure. do you want to give one or two of those six questions that you brought up before? Sure. Yeah. So, so the brand DNA helix, it's six questions and, and like a helix, they, they operate in chroma, like in pairs, like chromosomes. Uh -huh. So the first two questions go together. Um, so the, the first question, which is, you know, when people say, how do I start? Yeah. Like, where, where do I start building a personal brand? And, and by the way, we work, here's part of our focus. We yeah. work exclusively with people. We work exclusively with faces. We don't brand companies. Mm. We only brand people. Now, some of the people we work with are executives for companies or they're entrepreneurs, but we don't do stuff for like the company logo and all that. We work on making one person the go-to source in their space. Okay. But I love that. That journey starts by answering one question with one word and almost nobody can do it. What problem do you solve? One word. And this is freaking hard. It is really, really hard to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, going to restrict everything I'm doing down to, to one problem. And here's why it matters. People don't really buy luxuries as much as they buy solutions to problems. When we think of money, we think of like vacations and cars and like, you know, a nice house or whatever. But in reality, what we spend money on, we only spend money on those things if we have money left over. What we mm -hmm. really spend money on is if I have a flat tire, I'm going to come up with the money. If my kid gets sick, I'm going to pay the hospital bill. If, I, if the water heater breaks, we're going we're gonna to fix it. People buy solutions to problems. And this is why most personal brands fail. If you don't know what problem you solve, there's no way your, your customers mm -hmm. ever freaking will. They won't know. And so how do they know to go to you? And, and, and that is the thing is people, if you want to be a magnet, you need to occupy a little sliver in people's brains. Um, you want to occupy this little box in their brain that says, if I'm struggling with X, I call person Y. Yeah. Um, and, and it's discipline and it's very, very, very hard. Um, now, so that's the first thing. And if, you know, if you want to just tag me and Stacy in a comment or something, I'd be curious to hear, you know, what do you, what do you think your problem is in one word and see if you can come up with it. Yeah. Now, usually when, you know, we do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So that's another part of our uniqueness. We only do one-on-one -on -one coaching. We don't do masterminds. We don't do huge events. We do have some small events that are more like mm -hmm. coaching, but our real thing is we work with humans one-on-one. -on -one. Well, which when is we pretty rare when you really look at all of the brands out there selling on webinars, you know, one to many, you'll never get to see that person or know that person. They won't know you. So what you're doing in 2020 is very unique. 
It is. Yeah. So we, we don't sell video courses. Like we, we don't, we, that's a part of our uniqueness was mm. we said, we're going to do human to human. Right. And so we have strategists. We got a whole team of strategists, yeah. um, which is kind of what we did in our former business, just a different vertical. So we know we, we, we've been in this space of coaching a while, but um, usually what we do is we have people create a problem cloud. So you come up with a, a bunch of candidates, a bunch of one word possibilities, and then we kind of whittle it down. Now, part of what helps us whittle it down is the second question in the brand DNA helix, which is the, the, the companion to what problem you solve, which is what are you passionate about? Mm. What are you passionate about? So I happen to know a lot about spreadsheets. I went to college, my undergrad was accounting. So I'm good with a spreadsheet. I, I, I have a very appreciation for a good spreadsheet, but mm. I'm not passionate about spending my life teaching people how to do spreadsheets. So while it does solve, it, it potentially passes the question, what problem could I help solve for people? It doesn't pass the passion question. Mm, okay. And some people ignore the passion question because they're chasing money. And what happens is they go chase the dollar and then they burn out. And so they can't become the, the world renowned person because three or four years into it, they're sick of it because mm. it's not, a part of their uniqueness. It was a part of something that paid the bills. Now, early on, you do whatever you have to do to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like launching a rocket ship. We yeah. think of, you know, like you have all the booster rockets to like get a business off the ground, but then very quickly, you need to let those boosters fall off and just disintegrate and focus in on one target and like, you know, head to the moon or wherever you're going. Um, but Can what I are you passionate about? Yeah. Do you think... The year of 2020 with the pandemic, even if you're not getting started this year, is it kind of the year of like, take what you can get or do what you can if you're in a situation where things are not going well because of your business? Yes. Now here's why. Whenever there's a crisis, you have to do what, in, in, not even when there's a crisis, when you're starting out or there's a crisis, when push comes to shove, you do what you have to do so that you can do what you want to do. Mm. So if you're in survival mode, Okay. Yeah. Then you do whatever it takes, right? You hustle, you deliver pizzas, you do, you do Uber, you do Airbnb. Like when you're, when you're starting out, you do whatever it takes and you have to earn the right to get to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. But survival and breaking through the wall are two very different things. You don't break through the wall by surviving. You break through the wall by being the best freaking pastry chef in the world, mm -hmm. by, by, by being the best, you know, comedian in the world. And, and, and there's so many examples of this, right? Like Ellen DeGeneres yeah. was a comedian. She wasn't an actress. She wasn't a voiceover. She wasn't a talk show host. She wasn't an author. She became those things later. She was a comedian, right? She broke through the wall doing that. Amazon yeah. broke through the wall by selling one product, books. When they started, they did one thing. They delivered books through online retailing. Now, here's the thing. Once you break through the wall and you're on the other side of the wall, then you can expand to do yeah. other things because you're Amazon. Gary Vaynerchuk can talk about whatever the hell he wants to talk about because he's Gary freaking Vaynerchuk. <laughs> but how did Gary break through the wall? He talked about one thing, wine, on one channel 
YouTube. Mm -hmm. People remember him from Twitter, but he really broke through with winelibrary.tv. That was how he broke through the wall was on wine. So there's a difference between survival, which is you do what you got to do like to pay the bills. But that is different from breaking through the wall being like, I want to become a multi seven figure business, an eight figure business. I want to create generational wealth. I want to impact. And, and most of our clients, you know, Stacy, our, our avatar is what we call mission driven messengers. Okay. So they're, they're people who care about money, but money is second to mission. If you want to impact millions of people, you got to be the go-to person on that thing. Um, so, but the, yes, pandemic, yes, you know, you're getting yourself off the street. You're a single mom. Like it's a different story, but you're, you don't do that forever. You do what you have to do to create enough margin and runway right. to where you can then, you know, create liftoff. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I think too, as we're looking at modeling certain people, you know, you're seeing big names like Gary V and just people we're following online. We tend to try to model what they're doing today and who they are today and we don't realize like we're modeling what you just said. You've, we're modeling them breaking through the wall, right? Versus where they actually started and how they got to break through the wall. So be very, very Absolutely. careful when you're watching people and think, well, this person's doing it or I can do it this way, right? Um, another thing Absolutely. That you, another thing that you had said, um, uh, oh, I just lost what I was going to ask you. Oh, no, this was what I was going to say. You had said we strictly work with a person. Did you do that based on being unique or is there a reason you feel like you can better help the person versus the business? I'm just curious. Great question. Okay. So I'll use ourselves as a case study of our own Kool-Aid. Okay. So the brand DNA Helix. Mm -hmm. Okay. I told you there are six questions that they work in pairs. We've given you two of them. What problem do you solve and what are you passionate about? Okay. All six questions together after you go through all six, here's what you realize. Three of the questions are about who the world needs you to be. Mm. And three of the questions are about who you were designed to be. What problem do you solve is who the world needs you to be. What are you passionate about is a, what were, who were you designed to be? We believe that your uniqueness lives at the intersection of who the world needs you to be and who you were designed to be. So the answer is, it's both. It's a consideration of what do we think we're well positioned to do and what is there kind of space for? Now, we care more about the internal. We care more about, like, we don't pay attention that much to what the competition is doing. But like you said, we chose one-on-one coaching specifically. We had experience in it. And, and, and everyone's moving to memberships and yes. video courses. And, you know, that's what everyone's doing. That's fine. Those are good things. We know how to do those things. We've done those things. We have lots of clients that do them. We teach the clients how to do them. Like, right. there's, but for us, we said, what is nobody doing? One-on-one coaching. So there is a need for people who want video courses. There's also a need mm-hmm. for people who want someone to hold their hand and step through the journey with them. So we said, great. We've got experience doing that. There's a need in the world for that. Then there's companies that need branding, sure, but there's people that need branding uh, as well. There's this explosion of personal brands. Yeah. So here is, here's, here is a shortcut to all of that. You're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. You're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. Look at foot traffic, mm-hmm. right? Like, what are you doing? 
you are teaching, you're literally giving away your secrets. Like you're mm -hmm. teaching people to do the stuff you did. And then you came on my podcast and you're like, you gave away everything. Like you're teaching people, this is <laughs> right. how I do what I do. Yeah. Um, because that is who you are best suited to be. Like yeah. the, is the person that you are and you're teaching from a depth of experience and a depth of education. Um, and so for us, I was 17 years old and I wanted to be a speaker. I know what it's like to sit in a, in a, in a, in a chair and on a, and watch a speaker on stage and go, I want to be that person up there. I know what it's like to walk through the airport bookstore and, and look at a book and go, how do you get your book on that shelf? Like, what is it, what does it mean to be a New York times bestseller and to go, you know, I want to have, you know, whatever millions of followers or millions of downloads. We have done all of those things. Um, and we had a seven figure business doing seminars like public events. Mm -hmm. We had a seven figure business with speakers bureau, just booking speakers. Uh, and we had eight figure business doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. Like we have walked through the pain of doing these things. And so for you listening, one shortcut, at least to consider, and this is one of the things we teach our strategists to do is just ask yourself, who have I, what problem did I overcome? Like you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. What are the heartbreaks that I have experienced? What have the challenges that I have gone through? What setback or pain or tragedy have I experienced? That is going to be one of the most powerful markets for you to serve mm -hmm. because when you talk, someone who is in that place, they know that you've been on that journey because they can feel it because you can feel it because you remember what it's like to freaking be there. Yeah. So good. So when you were asking, I'm like, what would my one word be? And it's hard for me to get it into one word. I want to use like a phrase or a sentence. It's um, hard. And yeah, it is. For me, I, in my head right now, I came up with my one word, I think for the solution before I came up with a okay. problem. Is that normal? That happens a lot. That okay. happens a lot. So, and, and then that's okay. That's not bad, but mm -hmm. uh, um, your one word problem should truly be a problem. It, it, okay. it's a, it is a problem. So like procrastination is a problem, Yeah. but uh, discipline for me, I knew I was clear on discipline first. I okay. knew that was like, okay, discipline is my, was my answer, you know, for my first book, every product you create, you create a new, we call this a brand positioning statement. There's five components of it, but the problem and the solution or the, what we call the uniqueness are two of them. Okay. Um, so I had discipline first. Now, if you, if you feel clear on the one word uniqueness, mm -hmm. then that's going to help you arrive at the problem because the uniqueness or the is is in some way the solution to the problem mm -hmm. although it may not be the obvious solution so like discipline the problem could have also been indulgence that's more of the obvious connection okay. to to it so it could be like you know a fear and courage right, right. And, it, and it could be that straightforward but it's in some way the inverse there is a direct relationship between okay. the two so if you're more clear on that then you kind of go okay to what problem is that the solution or to what question is that the answer? Mm -hmm. and, and when we come up with this brand positioning statement for people, we actually triangulate on several different points. So just like what kind of what you're, you're going through. So that's very yeah, common. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Yeah, no, it's good it to see that angle. too. And then it's a big wake-up call of, am I even saying these words? Like, am, am I even, you know, distilling it down into that one word and actually talking about it that often? So that, I love that exercise. So good.
Yeah, and it's it, it's it's hard. Now the thing is too, you got to be careful with this because you can go too far. And I'll let me um, I'll go ahead and share. This is the biggest, most painful, most expensive marketing mistake I have ever made. Yeah. So my second book um, is about how to multiply time. And I released a TED talk called How to Multiply Time at the same time the book came out. That was intentional. That was a part of our launch strategy. Mm -hmm. My TED talk, How to Multiply Time, has gone viral. It's got three or four million views, something in there, I think. Um, the, we did nothing to promote the TED talk. Meanwhile, the book, it sold okay because we had a fairly large platform coming off our first book. Right. But it didn't sell nearly. The, the success of the TED talk is extraordinary. The success of the book is very... I mean, it's like we've sold like 30,000 copies through retail plus what we sold, but that's much, much less than Take the Stairs. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't as successful. Well, that's because we called the book Procrastinate on Purpose. The book is really about how to multiply time. We should have called the book How to Multiply Time. Yeah. But we were so excited about using the word, you know, kind of like procrastinate, yeah. that there's a big difference between truth and title. So the, what we've been talking about thus far is the truth. Your brand needs to be oriented to truth. Truth is what creates transformation. Unfortunately, truth often doesn't sell well. Truth often doesn't sell well. A book mm -hmm. called Be More Disciplined doesn't sell well. Right. Take the Stairs sold sells tremendously well because it's very memorable, this metaphor of you know the escalator yeah. versus the stairs. Um, so this is also adds a layer of complexity that most people don't realize is they're trying to come up with titles before they understand what is their truth. The mm. truth and the title need to be aligned, but they should not be the same thing because, because what gets someone to, to take action, that's marketing. What gets them to open the email, click the link, enter their credit card, you know, whatever, pick up the book. That is marketing. That's about understanding great titles. That's a different conversation than what we're talking about, which is what is your uniqueness? What is the actual truth? And you have to be very clear on both of them and you have to be able to separate, am I having a truth conversation or am I having a title slash marketing conversation? Um, and that was a painful lesson that, that we learned, um, you know, the hard way. Yeah. And it's like, again, why are you able to teach this? Because you have learned the pros, the cons, what worked, what didn't. Um, and sometimes that does come with some, some fails, Pain. even though you, you did fails. still sell, right. <laughs> A really good amount of books. You still go, but look what we could have done. And that sometimes can be painful. Yeah, totally. And it just compared to the, you know, the Ted talk itself. Right. right. Um, but uh, you know, cause if you would have said, well, if, say 3 million people would have bought it. I mean, if 10% would have bought it, that would yeah. have been a big number. Um, yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, so that's the question for you listening is to say, what challenges have I overcome? What failures have I had? Because there is, that is credibility. Like we all think we all, this is another thing that personal brands struggle with big time, right? Even some of our major celebrity, like we have some major celebrity clients who still struggle with the, um, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, when you're imposter syndrome. Okay, yes. Like they don't think they're good enough. <laughs> well, that's because people think of good enough in terms of like titles and degrees and mm -hmm. stuff like that. That's not what makes you good enough. What makes you good enough is have you walked the freaking path? Yeah. 
Like, have you lived the, the heartache and the pain and the success? Like that is, I mean, would you rather fly in a plane from a kid who just graduated pilot school, but had never flown a plane or the guy who dropped out of high school, but has been flying for 40 years. Like which yeah. plane would you rather be in? But we all go, well, I don't have the degree or I don't have the letters after my name or, you know, I don't have a million followers. Who cares about a million freaking followers, right? Like, have you actually done the thing you're teaching people to do? Like, that's mm -hmm. what we care about. We don't care. Like most people don't even look like other than the first time they come to your profile, they never right. even know. Like your followers right now have no idea how many followers you have. They don't ever look at that. Mm -hmm. All they see is you in their feed and they're every day going, are you helping me? Are you encouraging me? Are you teaching me? Are you challenging me? Are you motivating me? Right. And if you're doing that, they don't give a crap. You're the one who's all insecure about the number of followers you have, not your followers. So good. You're, and you're so right. We have those numbers so ingrained in our heads, right? Or the awards or the certificates or what we did or didn't do. And, and some of the things, it's funny because I actually have a degree. I, I have my bachelor's in marketing but I never really talk about it. Right. And somebody even said to me, like, I don't care that you don't have a degree. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like they don't even know that I have these things that I felt like I needed and I had to have, and I had to have the book and I had to have this. And then they'll be like, Oh, you have a book. And I'm thinking that's why they liked me because I have a degree <laughs> because I have a book. Right. And they're like, I no, I didn't years, even know. I spent years doing that. So you would like, me yeah, you like even know that I had it. Right. Right. So I think it's funny how we put so much energy and attention to those things and it doesn't matter to them as much as it matters to us. Here's what credibility is. Credibility is if, if I can make you think I care about you. Mm. That is credibility. The credibility is somebody believing that you actually care to help them. That is what matters, right? And if you are trying to get followers and you're trying to posture and you're, you're spending all your time trying to do all this stuff, you don't have any energy left over to actually care about the person on the other side of that camera or on the other mm -hmm. side of that microphone. And like, that's all people care about is just right. like, do you care about me? Cause what they care about is themselves, right? Like yeah. it, not, not in a selfish way, but in a, in a survival way. Like most of us are just trying to like get through life and oh my gosh, like if you have young kids right now and it's like, I'm trying to get my kids to just eat a meal and like, <laughs> keep them alive and get them to school and, and, and try to like do, you know, work out every once in a while and maybe eat a little bit healthy. Right. And so we just, we need help. People need help. They, they, it's not that they need experts, they need help. Right. And, and if you happen to be an expert, great. But what they really need is you to care. They need you to care about them. And if you do that, that'll help you break through a whole lot of noise really quickly. Okay. I could keep talking to you forever, but I want to ask you one last question. So, okay, okay. so let's say somebody is here and they have a business, just a brand that their business has been branded. What would you say to them as to why they should consider a personal brand with their business brand? Great, great question. So this is an, this is an advanced kind of a nuanced question because, um, so, so at Brand Builders, we have, you know, I mentioned Brand DNA. That's our flagship first experience. We actually have 12 experiences. They're divided into four phases. But our, our phase four events are called Eight Figure Entrepreneur. And so yeah. they're all about, they're, they're really for like scaling. Um, it's a whole different conversation. Like once you're a, you know, a multi-seven figure trying to get to eight figure, 
and one of the things we talk about that is when you go to build a sellable company, you actually, if you want to sell a company, your personal brand needs to operate separate of the entity mm. because the valuation of a company is based upon the ability of that company to survive without the founder. Okay. But that is, I think that is a case in point still for why you should have a personal brand is you should yeah. be able to have an outlet that shows, no, this company operates on its own. I operate independent and I have my own separate stuff outside of the company. It also creates a great landing pad in terms of an exit or a transition. Yeah. Um, it definitely now, makes you more diverse for sure. Totally. Now, why you should have a personal brand when you're building the company. So when you build it, I think you need a personal brand to build it. But then when you go to sell it, you need to start to extricate the personal yeah. brand. But the reason why, right, is because it's like, you know, like people don't, do business with companies. My wife says this all the time. People do business with people. They want to know who's the other person on yeah. the on the side of the brand. Like, is this person cool? Do I like them? Do I care? Do you know? It's really about trust. Do I trust them? And the more that they get to know you, the the more they feel like they can trust you. Mm. This goes true for your employees too, right? Like, if your employees don't feel like they know anything about you, then you're just like someone paying their bill and right. they're just, they, and then over time they become someone who's just like trying to work the minimum amount to not get fired. But when they know you and they know your family and they know your kids, even if they never see you other than on social, it's like, oh, you know, Stacy's not a bad boss. She's just another woman trying to like mm -hmm. take care of her family and like do meaningful work in the world. Right. And she cares about me and she, she cares about a lot of things. So I think more and more there's a demand for people to know who they're doing business with. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've for years, you know, started to be exposed to the fact that we've been taken advantage of by large organizations run by a few people with not so great ethics or not so great mm -hmm. values who they've been getting rich off of, you know, who knows what. Um, yeah. And that's not always the case for every big company. I mean, people, people, I mean, look at, look at, um, virgin right like richard branson right. and, and elon musk and look at steve jobs and look at jeff bezos like uh, people like to just know and and those are great examples or sarah blakely those are great examples of using a personal brand to grow a business but still having a separate one so i think it's a huge asset while you're building a business yeah, it becomes a little too. bit of a liability when you sell it and so you know there's some steps you would take when you go to actually do that but yeah yeah, but yeah. it gives you security if you do go to sell it to have that separate piece. I would never yes. have thought to have intentionally done a personal brand with my business. So as I started to build my second business, it, it was naturally happening. And I was shocked what it was doing for my brand, for my original business. So that was interesting to see. So I would highly recommend it for anybody thinking of it. It just puts you in a whole nother category an entirely different level, especially in your local community as well. So, um, Rory, this was so good. Where can people find more about you? We didn't even get into like reputation and all of the amazing stuff you talk about there. So where can they find more about you? Anything you want to share here? Yeah. So here's what I, I would encourage you to do. We mentioned that we do, we talk to humans, like we do one-on-one -on -one. and if you are, if you're serious about some of this and you really are going, I want to take my personal brand to the next level, you should apply for a free call. Like you can get a free call with us if you go to freebrandcall.com slash Tushel. So T-U-S-C-H-L, Stacy's last name, freebrandcall.com slash Tushel. 
and you can request um, a free call there and we will you know give you a little a couple questions and then if it's a good fit for you we'll do a free call with you and then we'll actually talk to you and we just want to hear your story we want to hear what you're up to we want to like understand your vision how far you are along in the process so i would just go there go to freebrandcall.com slash tushel um and then you know let's 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 get to know you a little bit yeah and i think after hearing even just an exercise or two you've given us right now you can just see how oh wow there's going to be a lot that's going to be pulled out and things that maybe you've never been asked before and, and thought about yeah and and one of the things that we'll do if we're talking with you is is we will show you i mentioned that there's there are 12 experiences to break there's mm -hmm. there's 12 parts to breaking through the wall and we subdivide them into four phases so we'll we'll give you a full overview of what that looks like and what are all of the components and what sequence do they have uh, happening and that's that's another thing stacy that that just breaks my heart about this space is a lot of times people do the right thing in the wrong order Yes. They do the right thing in the wrong order. And, and it's like, you know, they'll hire a publicist or run Facebook ads or something. Those are things that are great things. You should do them, but they are usually not the first things that you do. Yes. And so there is a, there is a, an order to all this and you should not determine your order by just what's the most recent ad I saw on Facebook myself, because every ad you see, someone's going to be selling you like a new secret, a new tool, a new widget or whatever. And you got to figure out the, the right order of, of events to, to yeah. do this. So I'm, I'm know, so guilty of that. that because again, I'm, I'm modeling just like everybody else. I'm like, oh, this person does this and they have that and I need that too. So then I'll go get it. And then I can see after the investment, after I've done things like it really, I really wasn't ready. It wasn't the best use of my time and my money. And now I'm going to have to do it again, but in the right order. Yes. Yeah, totally. It's, it's the right order. So, um, you know, and if, and if you're feeling called to this, yeah, I mentioned that we serve mission-driven messengers. You know, if you feel called to this at all, request a call. I mean, we're, these are free calls, freebrandcall.com slash tushel. Because if you feel called to this, even though you might feel some fear and you might have some self-doubt and you might be like, ah, I don't know if I'm good enough or, you know, I'm not at the enough of a level. If you have any calling, we really believe that the calling that you feel to share your message is the result of a signal that's being sent out by someone else mm -hmm. and that it's not about you and it's not about are you good enough or are you smart enough it's about the fact that there are people out there right now like there is someone out there right now as you're thinking about moving down this this path who is begging and pleading and could literally be on their hands and knees right now praying for answers to problems that you know like the back of your hand they're looking for solutions to questions that you have walked through and so don't think about yourself think about that that person mm -hmm. your calling is the result of their signal and that's why you feel it and if you feel it strongly it's worth listening to so good. Rory, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. Usually like I, I'm like, okay, I feel good. I can end. I want to keep going with you. This is just so, so good. So thank you so much for being here and, and just sharing your brilliance with everybody. We appreciate you. Oh, it's my pleasure, Stacey. You are so cool. And uh, yeah, well, we can come back maybe at some point in the future. Yes, and do it definitely. Again. Definitely. We would love that. All right. Thanks, Rory. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Hey, before you go, have you considered joining us in our next 30-day boot camp? If you are loving the Foot Traffic Podcast, then you will love the Beginner Boot Camp, where we help you build your first marketing funnel in just 30 days, and it's only $97. Hurry and register at stacytushel.com forward slash boot camp to sign up for our next live boot camp starting on the first.